الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمداً عبد الله ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد So first of all after we praise Allah Azza wa Jal we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to exalt the mention and grant peace to our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and to his family and to his companions and after that introduction of praising Allah and asking Allah to exalt the mention and grant peace to the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we would also like to start by expressing our thanks first of all to the Masjid, to the administration of the Masjid and to Sheikh or Imam who welcomed us here and likewise to all of the brothers and sisters who attended Jazakumullahu Khaira wa Barakallahu Feekum and we'd also like to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allahumma allimna ma yanfa'una wanfa'na bima allamtana wazidna ilma wawafiqna lil'amali bih We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to teach us what benefits us We ask him to benefit us with what he teaches us We ask Allah azza wa jal to increase us in knowledge and we ask Allah to give us the ability to act upon it. And before I start my discussion that we're going to talk about tonight, I just want to encourage you with a few words that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said. He said sallallahu wa sallamuhu alayhi Majtama'a qawmun fi baytin min buyutillah yatluna kitab Allah وَيَتَدَارَسُونَهُ بَيْنَهُمْ إِلَّا نَزَلَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّكِينَةِ وَغَشِيَتْهُمُ الرَّحْمَةِ وَحَفَّتْهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ وَذَكَرَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَنْ عِنْدَهُ أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم He said no people ever gathered together in a house from the houses of Allah reciting the book of Allah and studying it amongst themselves except that tranquility comes down upon them. Sakina, they're going to find tranquility and peace. And Allah's mercy will encompass them. And they'll be covered by the mercy of Allah. And the angels will surround them. And Allah will mention them to those who are with him. Al-Mala'u'l-A'la, the high and lofty angels that are with him. But this is, wallahi, a grace that is, you can't put it into words how much that is worth. To come to the masjid, to listen to the Qur'an being recited, to study the words of Allah among ourselves, and to try to practice and implement what Allah gives us the ability to understand and to practice from that. So with that intention and asking Allah for sincerity and asking Allah Azza wa Jal to make what we say in accordance with the book of Allah, the sunnah of his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what the noble companions 
والسلام, were upon me. Then inshallah we're going to begin our discussion that we came to speak with you about this afternoon or this evening. I should probably before that introduce myself very briefly uh, just for those brothers and sisters. Maybe this is the first time that we are meeting. So I'm your brother. For the sake of Allah, Muhammad Tim Humble. I accepted Islam at the age of 14 years old. I'm now a lot older than that. Uh, and Allah Azza wa Jal, Wallahi, that is from the grace of Allah, that Allah guides a person to Islam, that there is nothing in this world, in this dunya, that is equal to it. That Allah Azza wa Jal guides a person to Islam, and that Allah keeps a person firm upon it. And that's what we ask, because we can't guarantee that for ourselves, and I can't promise it to you. This issue of a thabat, being firm upon it. Because as the Messenger وسلم, said, Your actions are judged by how they end up. What do you end upon? So Allah graced, yani gave me from His grace and His blessing that He guided me to Islam. And then after that, alhamd, to study a little bit of this religion. And I say a little bit. Because Allah said, We only gave you a very little amount of knowledge. Very small amount. The whole of mankind, the amount of knowledge we were given is very, very small. And what we have taken is a small amount of a small amount. Lakin Allah blessed us to be able to come here today and to talk about something which is related to that issue that we spoke about. And that is La ilaha illallah. This statement, this phrase, by which a person enters into Islam and which all of us hope will be the last thing that we say in this world. Because the Messenger وسلم, told us that whoever their last statement in this world is La ilaha illallah, dakhal al jannah. So la ilaha illallah, it is the beginning and the end. What we mean by that is, it is the thing that makes a person a Muslim. And it is the last thing that you want to have in this world. And so you want to remain firm and strong upon it your whole life. And perhaps the most important thing that I came to discuss with you this, this afternoon or this evening in reality is that this statement is not just a phrase without meaning. Rather, it is a phrase that has a meaning, an understanding, and an application that you live your life upon. And we're going to see that there are many ayat of the Qur'an which explain to us the meaning of La ilaha illallah. And that these ayat show us that this statement, this phrase, is not just something we say as children and we repeat it from time to time in our prayer. Rather, it is the greatest thing that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was sent with. It is the greatest thing that you will be judged by. And it is the beginning of what brought you into Islam and the last thing that you want to be upon. In the moment that you die. So it is the most valuable thing that we have 
in our life in this world is this phrase, La ilaha illallah. I'm going to start with the proverb or with the example, the parable perhaps, not the proverb, but the parable that Allah Azza wa Jal puts forward in the Quran, one of the parables for La ilaha illallah, and this is in Surah Ibrahim, in which Allah Azza wa Jal says, Alam tara kayfa daraballahu mathala. Do you not see how Allah puts forth a parable? Allah is going to explain to you a concept through something that you understand. That's what a parable is. To give you something you understand, you can picture it, you can understand it, to explain a concept to you. Darab Allahu mathala. Allah gives you this example. Kalimatan tayyibah kashajaratin tayyibah. A good word like a good tree. A good word, kalimatan tayyibah. Kashajaratin tayyibah, like a good tree. What is a good tree? Before we understand the good word, what is a, what is a good tree? Asluha thabitun wa far'uha fi sama. Its roots are firm and its branches reach out to the sky. So this kalima tayyibah, this good word that Allah is telling us about, and later on we're going to hear that this good word is la ilaha illallah. This good word, it is, and the example of it is like a good tree, a pure tree. Its roots are strong. And that is how the situation of the believer is. We begin with the root of our Islam. And the root of our iman, which is this statement, La ilaha illallah. And from this statement of La ilaha illallah grows out branches, furu' that reach out to the heavens. The branches and the parts of your iman and the parts of any what is in what La ilaha illallah entails are vast and numerous. So many things we can talk about. But it all starts from this foundation. Asluha thabit. That's how we want to be. A person, we say, our foundation is strong. Our foundation is our belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our iman. Our understanding of la ilaha illallah. This is the foundation that we want it to be firm in the ground. And from that grow the many branches of Islam and Iman and all of the different things that make up our religion and the different actions that we do and the different rewards that we get. As Allah Azza wa Jal said, Tu'ti ukulaha, Tu'ti ukulaha, kulla bi'idni rabbiha. The fruits of this tree, they come about regularly by the permission of Allah, constantly, consistently. So this word, this phrase, it should bear fruits. And those fruits should be continuous and consistent in your life. Because if you have a firm root and a firm base, and it's based upon firm belief in Allah, and firm acceptance of Islam, and understanding of what Islam entails, what will grow from that are all of the many different actions of Islam, and the many different fruits that Islam brings in your life, and the many different rewards that Islam brings to you. By the permission of Allah Because without Allah's help, 
we would not be able to achieve anything. If it wasn't for the fact that Allah guided us, we would never have been able to guide ourselves. Allah puts forward parables for people so you may remember. So that you may remember. Allah gives you examples you can understand. All of you can picture a tree. This tree is rock solid. Its roots stretch right down into the ground. Its branches are high in the sky. The fruit comes from it continuously and regularly. Always it's producing fruit. It's said that this tree is like the date palm. And the example of this tree is like the date palm. And the benefits from it are so many, even the date palm itself, if you think about it. The people benefit from the fruit and they benefit from the branches and they benefit even from the, the, what's on the bark of it, like the, the, the fibers that come from it, the palm fibers. Every single part of it is used up. And like that, if you have a strong foundation of La ilaha illallah, everything that comes from that will be something that you benefit from. Then Allah Azza wa Jal to complete this lesson for us, He tells us the opposite. The example of a bad, something which is dirty, filthy. A filthy word, it's like a filthy tree. It's like a, a rotten tree. It's torn up from the, from the earth. It has no foundations. There are no roots to it. If the root is rotten, everything that grows from it will be rotten. And like that is la ilaha illallah. If that foundation of la ilaha illallah is not there for us, Everything that grows out from that will be rotten. And the example of this, Allah gives us emphatically in the Quran. Allah tells us, وَلَوْ أَشْرَكُوا لَحَبِطَ عَنْهُمْ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ Allah says about the prophets that if they had made a partner with Allah and if they didn't have that foundation of La ilaha illallah, we would have destroyed all the good they did. And Allah told the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَلَقَدْ أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبَلِكَ لَإِنْ أَشْرَقْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ وَلَتَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ We certainly revealed to you, and all those people who came before you, that if you had made a partner with Allah, we would have destroyed your deeds, and you would have been from the losers. That's the example, if the, if the core of the tree is rotten, if the roots are rotten, so nothing is going to grow on the top. No branches are going to grow. No fruit is going to grow. Nothing benefits unless that base is there. And that's why without la ilaha illallah, without a person saying those words, and without a person entering into Islam, and without a person implementing what that actually means, nothing is going to grow from that. No deeds can be accepted. Nothing is going to come from Allah, no rewards to that person. Even if they did some good things in their life, the best they can hope for is to get the reward of their life here. Maybe a nice car, a nice house, or 
That's the most they can hope for. But in the sight of Allah, it doesn't count for anything. The, de the deeds are all wiped out and destroyed. Haba and Manthura, they turn into scattered dust because the foundation was not there. And not only the foundation not being there, because we're all here and we gathered because we gathered upon La ilaha illallah. We came to the masjid, the people of Islam, to speak about this ayah. But also, if we have flaws in it, then part of our tree will not be complete or it will not be it will not produce the fruits that it should. So it's not just about not having la ilaha illallah like the person who never became Muslim, but also about the flaws and the mistakes we might have which might reduce or corrupt those roots of that tree and not make us have those branches that reach out to the sky and those fruits that should come from it. Then Allah Azza wa Jal says, يُثَبِّتُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِالْقَوْلِ الثَّابِتِ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ وَيُضِلُّ اللَّهُ الظَّالِمِينَ وَيَفْعَلُ اللَّهُ مَا يَشَاءُ Allah makes firm those who believe بِالْقَوْلِ الثَّابِتِ With a firm word. So the firm word is like what? Like the firm roots of the tree. Because this is now all together. These ayat all came together, right? So it's not talking about a separate topic. These ayat are all on the same topic. Allah makes those who believe firm with a firm word. He gives them al-qawl al-thabit. Al-qawl al-thabit in the ayah is la ilaha illallah. When does he give them this word? Fil hayati dunya wa fil akhirah. He gives it to them in this life and he gives it to them in the hereafter, in the grave. When the person is questioned, Marrabbuk, who is your Lord? Wamadinuk, what is your religion? Who is this man that was sent among you? Allah makes the believers firm by giving them the same La ilaha illallah that they had in their life, giving them the ability to answer with that same statement in the grave. So Allah gives it to them in this life. And Allah gives it to them in the barzakh and Allah raises them upon it yawm al-qiyamah, upon la ilaha illallah. And that is the only thing that will benefit a person yawm al-qiyamah. As we said, a person cannot benefit from the deeds they have done unless they brought la ilaha illallah along with it. And Allah misguides the wrongdoers, the oppressors, by his wisdom and his justice. Allah doesn't misguide except by wisdom and justice. Everything Allah does is infinitely wise and infinitely just. And Allah does whatever He wills. Allah does whatever He wills. So from this, we just got an introduction to this importance of La ilaha illallah. And as I said, the most, probably the biggest misconception that we as Muslims live with every day is that it's just a word that you say and it doesn't have any meaning or any interaction or any actions or anything that you have to do with it. It's just a word, just something you repeat on your tongue. And in reality, dhikr, when you think about it, there is no dhikr which is like that. And the greatest of dhikr is la ilaha illallah. And it's the best of what the prophets used to say. 
as the Prophet ﷺ said about Yom Arafah. خَيْرُ مَا قُلْتُ أَنَا وَالنَّبِيُّونَ In Qabli, in the best I said and the Prophets before me, لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير كما قال فهو understood that it is the best of what a person has the best of dhikr and dhikr it has to be with the heart and the tongue and the limbs what do we mean by that? dhikr with the tongue without the heart your tongue is moving but nothing is in here what's the example of a person who said لا إله إلا الله with the tongue but never, it never entered the heart. This is the munafiq, the hypocrite, right? They said, La ilaha illallah. When the hypocrites come to you, what do they say? We bear witness that you are the messenger of Allah. But this statement they said, when they said, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what their hearts held was not what their tongues said. So Allah bears witness that they are liars. Allah bears witness that they are liars. So it's not enough for a person to move the tongue, but the heart is not engaged with it. The heart has to be in firm belief with what the tongue is professing. That's why some of the scholars, they call it qawlul lisan. Not like dhikr, but that the person is professing the belief in their heart. It's a profession of belief. If the heart is not there, the tongue cannot be just moving. And also now the limbs have to bear truth to what you do. So you said la ilaha illallah, but if you're now not practicing la ilaha illallah and living la ilaha illallah and behaving like it, so one of two things are going to happen. One of two things. Either what is going to happen is you're going to decrease the value of that statement so you lose some of the fruits and some of the benefits or maybe even it could be wiped out completely as Allah told us about in the Quran and we spoke about the destruction of your deeds if that word is not given its true right in other words if a person makes a partner with Allah and gives the rights of Allah to someone or something else so that word has no value anymore even if it is rooted in the heart and the tongue moves with it, but if it is not a source, if that somebody brings an action which negates what that statement means, so that person hasn't brought La ilaha illallah, and we quoted the ayat that was said to the, the Messenger وسلم, that if you had made a partner with Allah, then Allah would have wiped out your deeds. So that shows that now our heart has to be engaged, so we're not like the, like the munafiqeen. And our limbs have to give truth to what we say so that we don't fall into making a partner with Allah and be from the people whose good deeds are wiped out after they did them because of the fact that they gave some of Allah's rights to someone or something else. So now we've understood this is not a light-hearted matter. Something very, very serious and very, very important for all of us to learn. So the first thing we need to do is to look at this statement and to take what the individual words mean. So we know this word la, in this case it means there is not, there isn't. You're denying something. What are you denying? La ilaha, you're denying the presence of 
an ilah illallah except Allah so that is the basics of the word it's made of two parts right the first part you are you are denying something and in the second part you're affirming something so in the first part you're saying there is no ilah and in the second part you're affirming that the only ilah ilahul haqq the ilah in truth is Allah this meaning of la ilaha illallah is repeated frequently in the Quran in many many ayat I'm going to give an example the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal la ikraha fi al-deen qad tabayyana al-rushd min al-ghay faman yakfur bit-taghut wa yu'min billah faman yakfur bit-taghut wa yu'min billah faqad istamsaka bil-urwati al-wuthqa alam fi samalah Allahu samir alim Al-Urwatul Wuthqa is what? La ilaha illallah, like the scholars of tafsir say. So Allah explains La ilaha illallah with these two parts. One part re requires disbelief, rejection, and getting rid of something. And the other part requires affirmation and belief and affirming something. So what do you have to get rid of? In the ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah describes it as Al-Kufr bit-Taghut. bit-Taghut. Disbelieving in everything that is worshipped besides Allah. And believing in Allah alone, in Allah alone's right to be worshipped. As Allah Azawajal told us in the very beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah. Ya ayyuhan nas, O mankind, Ya ayyuhan nas, u'budu rabbakum, worship your Lord. The one who created you, ladhi khalaqakum, the one who created you, ladhi min qablikum, and created those before you. Allakum tattaqun. So you may be people of taqwa. And the first prohibition, don't make partners with Allah while you know. And while you know that it is Allah who created you, it is Allah who sent down the rain from the sky. So we see that, and this is not the only example, there are tens of examples in the Quran where Allah describes La ilaha illallah in two halves rejection, disbelief, and disassociating yourself from everything that is worshipped besides Allah. And dedicating yourself to the worship of Allah Azza wa Jal alone. And that's why there is an ayah in which Allah Azza wa Jal explains to us the meaning of the word ilah. The meaning of the word ilah. And the ayah is, surah, is in Surah Zukhruf, ayah number 45. Allah Azza wa Jal said, وَاسْأَلْ مَنْ أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبَلِكَ مِنْ رُسُولِنَا أَجَعَلْنَا مِنْ دُونِ الرَّحْمَانِ آلِهَةً يُعْبَدُونَ Allah tells us what this word means. Ask the people we sent before you from our messengers. Did we make besides the most merciful aliha and ilah that is worship? And this is what we came to really understand. The worship of Allah alone and rejecting everything that is worshipped besides Him. But a person could say, still understanding the meaning of the words, they could say, but there's a, there's a, there's a problem here. We say, la ilaha, there is no ilah, there is nothing worthy of worship, deserving of worship, 
illallah. But actually, there are things worshipped everywhere. I mean, there are al aliha kathira. There are many, many aliha. People worship statues and the sun and the moon, and they worship the stars and they worship people. And they, people like this, an almost unlimited number of things people worship. So that's why we need to understand that's not the meaning of la ilaha illallah. We're not saying there doesn't exist something that is worshipped. We're saying it doesn't deserve it. Yeah? We're not saying it doesn't exist. There are many things that are worshipped besides Allah. People worship the sun and the moon and they worship the stars and they worship people and they worship prophets and they worship... And how many times does the Quran tell us they worship the jinn, they worship the angels, they worship... How many things that we are told in the Quran people worship besides Allah? But only one was worshipped in truth. Bihaq. Deservedly, truthfully, deserving of worship. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Illallah. Allah alone is the one who deserves to be worshipped. Now that leads us to another question. Why? This is my strange question. I can judge you know this. Maybe a non-Muslim might ask you, like, why? Why worship one God alone? How many times Allah told us to worship Allah alone? Don't make any partner with him. And the word worship, I'm not talking about believe that Allah is your creator. Yani Allah told us, worship your Lord. Ya yuhannas, u'budu rabbakum. Worship your Lord. But the question now is why? Because of what Allah does. Because of Allah's lordship. Because of Allah's names and attributes and actions. And that is why, if you think about Surah Al-Fatiha, it's enough for you. We praise Allah because he is the Rabb of all mankind. And the jinn, and the angels, and the animals, and the sun, and the moon. And he's the Rabb of the Alameen, every world that exists. He is the Rabb. And the Rabb is the one who takes care of it, and creates it, sustains it, provides for it. That's what he does. He is Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. The one whose mercy covers everything. And he chose specific groups and people to give that mercy to and others to give less. He is Maliki Yawmiddin, the one who on the day of resurrection, every single person from the men and the jinn will accept that he is the only one deserving of worship. Because of all of that, because he is our Rabb, because he is Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. Because he is Maliki Yawmiddin. Because of all of that, Iyaka na'bud. You alone we worship. That's why. Allah didn't say, you alone created us. That's Muslim. Everybody knows that. Yani even the disbeliever will not really differ with you in this issue. Yani that Allah created you. Many people from the different religions, Ahlul Kitab, they will happily say, of course Allah created us. Ask someone, did Jesus create you? Did Isa create you? Alayhi salatu wasalam, he's going to say, of course he didn't create me. Who created? He will say, the Father, the, the, the Lord. Yani the, and he's going to use the words to describe what he can say about Allah. And he will say, Allah created me. Type, what's the issue between us? قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ تَعَالَوْا إِلَىٰ كَلِمَةٍ سَوَاءٍ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ أَلَّا نَعْبُدَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ That's the issue. We're not fighting over who created the world. We both agree who created the world. We're fighting over the fact that you and me don't worship the same thing. 
When I raise my hands, I say, Ya Rabb, Ya Allah. When you raise your hands, you say, Ya Isa. That's the problem between us. Say, O oh, people of the book, come to a word that is just between you and us. We're not going to worship anyone except Allah and we're not going to make any partner with Him. That is what we have, that, that is the issue with Al Kitab. Otherwise, we all agree Allah created the world and Allah provides for us, and you know, Allah is the one who sends down the rain. And you'll not find among Ahl Kitab anyone who differs with you in this. In fact, even the Wathaniyin or the Wathaniyun, the people who worship the idols, many of them will also agree. They'll say, one of our idols created the heavens and the earth and the everything, and you know, everything else is just underneath it. Even if you look at, it doesn't matter whether you look at Greece, Rome, all of these people with their gods that they worshipped, they still all believe there's one that created the heavens and the earth. Generally speaking, they don't believe there was two. But they what? That we worship Allah alone, we don't make any partner with him. That is the argument between the prophets and between their people. It wasn't over who created the earth. The argument between the prophets and their people, the, the khusuma, the, the debate, the fighting, the reason they didn't accept the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is nothing to do with who created the earth or who sends down the rain. It is only to do with worshipping Allah alone. And that's why you see many times they mention in the Quran that their reasoning for this. He made all the gods into one God. Shall we worship Allah alone and leave what our fathers used to worship? This was the khusuma between the prophets and their people. How many prophets are mentioned? Surah Al-A'raf and Surah Al-Hud and the surahs that mention the prophets who came to their people, what did they say? Ya qawm, i'budullah. Ya qawm, u'budullah. Ma lakum min ilahin ghayr. There's another tafsir of the word ilah. Ya My people worship Allah, you don't have any ilah except him. If the word ilah means al-khaliq, then you have to explain the ayah. Because the ayah doesn't go like that. The prophets came one after the other saying, people worship Allah, you don't have an ilah except him. And you don't have an object of worship except him. And that is also consistent with the Arabic language where the ilah is al-ma'bud, the one who is offered worship. And it's consistent with the definition of the Quran. So now we understood. We have to reject everything that is worshipped except Allah. Now what do the people worship? This is the next Stage, next thing to think about here. What do the people worship? People can worship, you cannot, you cannot define it in one sitting what people worship. People will worship all different kinds of things. What is the essence of it? Giving something that is only for Allah to someone else. It doesn't matter whether that is Allah's names or attributes, or actions or Yani whether it is the worship or dua or whatever it is, if you're giving something that belongs to Allah to someone else, this is what Allah Azawajal in the Quran says, Inna Allah la yaghfiru an yushraka bih. 
Allah doesn't forgive you to make shirk with him. Yani Allah doesn't forgive that you give Allah's right something that is only for him to someone else. Anything else, you die with a bottle of alcohol in your hand, Allah can forgive you. But Allah will not forgive you if you die giving his rights to others. That is something which we cannot deny because it is so clearly stated in the Quran multiple times. Whoever makes a partner with Allah, Allah has made Jannah haram for them and their place is the fire. So we understood that the whole of Islam revolves around leaving everything that is worshipped besides Allah. And that's why we really need to understand the forms of worship that we do for Allah and how easy it is for those forms of worship to be divided and sent to others. For example, from the worship that all of us agree is worship. Dua, right? Didn't the Prophet ﷺ say, Dua huwa al-ibadah? Dua is worship, right? Dua is the core of worship. All of dua is about worship. And Allah said, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمُ دُعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُرُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ Your Lord said, make dua to me, I will answer you. Those people who are too proud to worship me, dua and worship equal the same thing in the ayah. They will enter Jahannam disgrace. So from this we understood, وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا the masajid belong to Allah, so don't make dua to anyone except Allah. How easy is it for a person to accidentally or without knowledge give some of that dua to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It is so, so common that it's mentioned so much in the Quran not to do it. That's why it's mentioned hundreds of times in the Quran to make sure that your dua is only for Allah. Because of how easy it is for someone without yani, necessarily saying, I don't want to be a Muslim or I'm not. Just a person is by culture, by mistake, by lack of knowledge to call upon someone besides Allah. It's very, very common to make dua to someone besides Allah. And it doesn't matter that they know that Allah is their creator and sustainer and provider and they believe in the Prophet Muhammad because Allah told us If you made a partner with Allah, your deeds are all gone. Your belief in the Prophet is gone. Your belief in Islam is gone. Your la ilaha illallah is gone. Your salah is gone. Your hajj is gone. It's all gone. It turns into scattered dust. So this is why it's so important for us to really be so careful that we understand this statement and that all our worship that we do is only for Allah. So when we make dua, we make dua to Allah. When we sacrifice, it's for Allah. When we pray, it's for Allah. We make sajda for Allah. When we make an oath, we don't say, I swear by my father's life or I swear on my mother's life. We say, I swear by Allah. Wallahi, I swear by Allah, right? We don't say, I swear by my mother or my father or I swear by the sun or the moon. We don't believe in the astrology and the stars affect your life and this star moved in this place so you're going to die tomorrow or anything like this. And we don't believe in any of this. So all of this is sarful Taking something that's only for Allah and giving it to something else. And that's why I'm saying how prevalent it is. It's not just like somebody worshipping an idol. Horoscopes, classical thing. 
people opening the magazines and you know today you a Gemini you live born in this time it's you what well, this is going to happen to you tomorrow what's going to happen to you tomorrow is Allah's knowledge alone it's not you it's not for the stars and you don't draw it in the stars and see it in the stars but these are just examples of how people fall into mistakenly giving something that's for Allah to someone else besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and then we have to understand that this statement la ilaha illallah and I'm going to try to take less than 10 minutes to conclude inshallah because we don't want to overstep our time but this statement la ilaha illallah it is not without conditions there is a poet who gathered those conditions together in one line of poetry it might help you to memorize it otherwise the conditions are in the Quran but just to help you to like put it in one place he said he said العلم واليقين والقبول والانقياد فدري ما أقول والصدق والإخلاص والمحبة وفقك الله لما أحبه. He said seven conditions, right? العلم واليقين والقبول والانقياد فدري ما أقول والصدق والإخلاص والمحبة وفقك الله لما أحبه. Seven conditions he put down. Some scholars mentioned eight. No problem. All of them are evidenced in the Quran. The first one is al-ilm, knowledge. You have to know what that word means or, or know what you're saying. So the evidence for this, the statement of Allah Muhammad, Know that there is no God that deserves to be worshipped. Know la ilaha illallah. So Allah commands the Prophet you have to have knowledge of la ilaha illallah. Now let me give you an example. If we today stopped a non-Muslim in the street and said, just can you do one thing for me? Just for the camera. Say, la ilaha illallah. So they're like, okay, sure. La ilaha illallah. Did they become Muslim? They didn't, right? They didn't understand. They don't know what they're saying. You never explain to them. They don't know they're accepting Islam. They don't know what Islam is. They're just repeating words that you don't know. So you have to know what it means. No doubt there's deeper knowledge and deeper. We're not saying that you have to have studied, you know, like 10 years. But at least you have to know, like Quraysh knew. The Prophet ﷺ said, Ya qawmi qulu la ilaha illallahu tuflihu. My people say la ilaha illallah, you're going to be successful. They said, al-alihata ilaha wahida. Has he made all of our gods into one god? They knew it. They understood exactly what it was. They had no doubt at all that when he said, La ilaha illallah, you want us to stop worshipping the idols. We know it. They knew. Bearing in mind, these are a people that Allah said about them. The people who said, who provides for you from the heavens and the earth? Who controls hearing and sight? Who is it who makes the dead alive and the living dead? Who is it that controls the universe? They say, Allah. Say, will you not have taqwa then? Will you not fear Allah? Will you not worship him beside alone? These people of Quraysh, the people Abu Lahab and... Abu Jahl, they believe that Allah creates the universe and Allah is the one who controls it. But when he said, La ilaha illallah, 
Straight away they said, you want us to stop worshipping Allah and Al-Uzza. You want us to stop making dua to them and you want us to stop sacrificing to them. You want us to leave what our fathers used to worship. They knew, they understood what it meant. So we also have to understand the meaning of it. It's not nice that Abu Lahab understands La ilaha illallah better than any somebody who claims to be Muslim. It's not good, right? We have to be people who, that we have people who, yani Allah said, like, and he didn't have a problem understanding La ilaha illallah. He knew what it meant. That's why he opposed it and he was an enemy to it. And he fought against the Prophet because he knew what that word meant. I understand what that word means. So we also must understand it better than how those people understood it. Al-Yaqeen. We have to be certain. We have to be certain. إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ ثُمَّ لَمْ يَرْتَابُوا The believers are those people who believe in Allah and His Messenger, then they don't doubt. If you have doubt after that and you start to say, Wallah, la ilaha illallah, I think. Maybe, could be. Yeah, it doesn't work like that, right? Are we saying you'll never have moments where shaitan puts something into your head? No, that is, like the Prophet ﷺ said, that is the pure iman, that shaitan whispers something about Allah, and you say, la, don't believe in it. A'udhu billah, astaghfirullah. That belief when you say, astaghfirullah, a'udhu billah, you push it out of your mind. That is Iman. That's Sarihul Iman, like the Prophet said. Pure, clear Iman. Doesn't mean shaitan will never put something in your head. But you yourself, do you doubt that Allah is the only one that deserves to be worshipped? Don't doubt it. It's, it's clear for me. We don't have any doubt about it. I might have doubt about some masail, fiqhiyya, is the correct way to pray like this or like that? Or should I read Fatiha behind the Imam when the Imam reads aloud or not? I can have some confusion about it. But I don't have confusion that only Allah deserves dua. Yaqeen. Al-ilmu wal-yaqeenu wal-qabool. And acceptance. And that means accepting Islam. And accepting what la ilaha illallah entails. And accepting of that statement, accepting what it means for you, what you have to do with it. And al-imqiyad, submitting to Allah in Islam. So we have to accept what la ilaha illallah means. So we can't reject it. We can't have, uh, we can't argue about it. There are people, I mean, there are people who argue and fight with regard to Allah, without any knowledge, without any guidance, without any scripture. We have to accept the statement of the believers when they are called to Allah and His Messenger. We hear, we obey. So they accept that statement. They accept what it contains. They don't fight against it. They don't reject it. Al-inqiyad, submission. And al-inqiyad is like al-istislam. That's the meaning of Islam, right? What's the meaning of Islam? Al-istislamu lillah. Submitting yourself to Allah. Sometimes people say the meaning of Islam is peace. And I, I understand where they took it from. Like, and it's not very precise as a meaning. Like that Islam means peace. Because if you said to someone in a battle, Aslim, what would they understand from you? And if you said to them, Islam, 
Would they understand you want peace? Or they understand you want them to lie on the ground and put their hands on their heads? That's what they will understand. If you say to someone, Ya Akhi, Aslim, submit. Aslim means to give yourself up, surrender. It doesn't mean, can I have peace? The word, Asin, Wallam, Walmim, yes, it revolves around the meaning of peace. It's true. It has the meaning of peace in there. وَإِنْ جَنَحُوا لِسَّلْمِ فَجْنَحْ لَهَا If they incline towards peace, you should incline towards peace. But here Allah uses السلم and not الإسلام. فالإسلام, the meaning of it is submission. That's the, the better translation. Submitting yourself to Allah. So it's no good for someone to say, I believe in La ilaha illallah. I accept that I have to leave all those other things, but I'm not willing to be a Muslim. You say no. You have to bring Islam. You have to submit to Allah. You have to submit, surrender to Allah, repent to Allah, and you have to submit to Allah. Where you turn and say, I am willing to surrender myself in Islam. The only religion Allah will accept is Islam. Yet someone can say, and I've met people, if you're in the da'wah you know, field, you'll meet people who will say, I believe, believe, la ilaha illallah. I believe Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but I'm just not willing to be a Muslim, yani, to like formally like that, to actually be a Muslim and behave like a Muslim. It's not enough. The only religion Allah will accept is Islam. Inna deena indallahi Islam. That you submit and surrender to Allah Azza wa Jal. وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنُ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيَرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ It's not allowed for a believing man or a believing woman if Allah and His Messenger decide something that they should have any say in the matter at all. Submission. Surrender to Allah. Not submit, surrender to a person. Surrender to Allah Azza wa Jal alone. So we said knowledge, certainty, Acceptance, we accept what it means, we accept what it entails, we surrender ourselves to Allah. As-sidq, we have to be truthful. And the opposite of as-sidq is al-kadhib, lying. So a person has to be truthful in what they say. When they say la ilaha illallah, they have to be truthful about it. The munafiqun is the example of that. They were not truthful. They were Wallahu yashhad Wallahu yashhadu inna al-munafiqeen lakadhibun Allah testifies that the munafiqeen are not truthful they are lying and if they're not truthful that la ilaha illallah is not accepted from them so a person has to be truthful when they say I believe ashhadu I bear witness and la ilaha illallah that there is nothing that deserves to be worshipped except Allah that has to be Truthful in their hearts And one of the ways you can see that it's truthful is That the actions bear truth to it And you see the truth of that belief in the actions Just like you saw from the munafiqeen That they don't have truth in their actions, right? They don't They're not true to their actions They stand to the prayer, they're lazy they show off. They don't remember Allah except a little bit. That's their nature because there's no truth in the heart. There's no truth in the, in the limbs. The limbs don't give truth to it either. If 
Because your limbs and heart are connected, right? We call it talazum bain al-dahiri wal-batin. Your outside and your inside is connected. Your heart is connected. أَلَا إِنَّ فِي الْجَسَدِ مُضْغَةِ إِذَا صَلَحَتْ صَلَحَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّهُ وَإِذَا فَسَدَتْ فَسَدَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّهُ أَلَا وَهِيَ الْقَلْبِ There's a piece of flesh in your body. If it's upright, your whole body will be upright. If it's corrupt, your whole body will be corrupt. And it is the heart. Al-ikhlas. Sincerity. وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ they were only commanded to worship Allah with ikhlas for him, making the religion for him alone. That's what Allah commanded you, to worship Allah with ikhlas. And there are lots of things that can take away from a person's ikhlas. Al-riyah, shirk, al-khafi, hidden, making a partner with Allah in a hidden way, something that doesn't, it doesn't show, it's not like you didn't take an idol and pray to it, but there's something there that's not for Allah. Showing off and things like that. And also, sometimes for accepting Islam with new Muslims, we find sometimes people might accept Islam for the wrong reasons. For example, for marriage or for a visa or for a job. Those people, what do we tell them? Do we say to them, go away, don't, you can't come see us, you can't be with us? That we say to them, correct your intention. Akhlis Make it only for Allah, change it. Even if it was wrong in the beginning, make a new intention now, correct it, make it for Allah. So we have to have ikhlas. That's the only thing we were commanded, right? To worship Allah. وَمَا أُمِرُوا They were not commanded anything. إِلَّا Except one thing. لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهِ To worship Allah. مُخْلِصِينَ Making the religion with ikhlas, sincerity, for Him alone. And that's why the scholars say that no deed will ever be accepted unless you bring two things. Al-ikhlas wal-mutaba'ah. You bring sincerity for Allah, you follow the sunnah of the Messenger wasallam. Because Allah sent us with what? Allah sent to us what? Allah sent us la ilaha illallah, al-ikhlas, and Muhammad al-Rasulullah wasallam al-mutaba'ah. He sent us sincerity and following the way of the Messenger wasallam. That's why if you look at Nuh or any of the prophets, what did they tell? Worship Allah and obey me. That's what every prophet came with. You worship Allah and you obey me. That's what they came with. Worship Allah and obey me. Worship Allah and follow me. If you love Allah, follow the Messenger. And the last one, and we're not going to go for long because we're already a little bit over our time, and that is to love Allah Azza more than everything and anything else. And that's why Allah Azza told us about the people who don't love Allah more than everything. And loving Allah, my brothers, in two minutes I'll try to bring it to a close. Loving Allah is not just what you say. Loving Allah, anyone can claim. Like the poet said, Everyone claimed to be the one who is in love with Layla, but Layla doesn't like any of them. You can't claim, it's so easy for you to claim that you are, I love Allah, I love the Prophet The proof is on the claimant. You claim to love Allah, Where's your proof? Where's your actions that show that you love Allah? 
Where's the following of the Prophet ﷺ that shows that you love Allah and you love the Prophet ﷺ? Where's the mutaba'ah? Where's the following of him? If that's there, then you have a claim. Allah will judge it, but you have a claim. But if you don't have that, what claim do you have? Say, I love Allah, I love Allah. Those people who made partners with Allah, they loved others besides Allah, like the believers love Allah, or like they loved their any of these rivals. But those who had Iman, they loved Allah more than those people love Allah. And more than those people love their idols and rivals that they set up besides Allah. They love them more in both ways. And loving Allah entails loving what Allah loves and hating what Allah hates. Is that not true? Didn't the Prophet say, The strongest hold, handhold of Iman is loving for Allah's sake and hating for Allah's sake. The strongest thing you can hold on to is that you love what Allah loves and you hate what Allah hates. And that is described as the strongest of Al-Urwa We talked about Al-Urwa Al-Wuthqa The strongest of La ilaha illallah The strongest part Is that you love what Allah loves For the sake of Allah And you hate what Allah hates And that is why Allah said to us And we conclude with the ayah In Surah Al-Hujurat Allah made you love Iman And Allah made it beautiful to you And Allah made you hate disbelief And defiance and disobedience These are the rightly guided The people who hate those things And you hate it You would hate to return back To be like that You hate it and that means you have to hate those who Allah described that he hates and the things that Allah described that he hates to the extent that people do them. But you have to love and hate what Allah loves and hate what Allah hates and love what Allah loves and hate what Allah hates. And that means the people, the things, the actions, the characteristics, whatever Allah described. And that is a critical part of holding on to loving Allah as well as following the messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And the example of Ibrahim in the Qur'an And how he spoke to his people We are disassociated with you We disassociate ourselves from you the Enmity and hatred Between us Until what? Until you believe in Allah alone you accept that Allah alone is deserving of worship Now here one last very important point Does that mean Mistreatment Of people Who have those qualities in them For example someone who has a quality Of disobeying Allah openly Does that mean mistreating them It doesn't mean mistreating them That's not what Islam came with Islam came with good treatment to them لا ينهاكم الله عن الذين لم يخاتلوكم في الدين ولم يخرجوكم من دياركم Allah doesn't stop you from being good to them And being fair to them But that also doesn't mean Love 
and allegiance and, you know, let's all come and you know, hug each other in a circle. It doesn't mean that. It means good treatment and treating people justly and fairly. But that doesn't stop the fact that we love what Allah told us to love, Al-Iman and the people of Iman. And Allah told us that we are people who Allah has placed in our hearts a hatred of kufr and fisk and isyan. And the clearest evidence of this is in terms of sin, we all do sin. And we hate it. We hate it, we hate it. And we all do it. And we hate ourselves to the extent that we do it. Yani we hate the fact that I do this. And I want to stop it. But all of this is a part of la ilaha illallah. And as I said, a deficiency in it is a deficiency in those branches and those fruits. And when you remove it from its core, from its roots, there can be nothing at all left. But this is what Allah made it easy for me to mention. Wallahi, we went a little bit over our allotted time. So please forgive us for that. Let's try to complete the topic as much as we can. In all honesty, this is a topic that requires a lifetime of study. I really mean that. I don't mean that it takes a lifetime to know what Islam is. Islam, you can explain in one minute, but you can also explain in a lifetime. Does that not make sense? You can explain Islam to someone in 30 seconds or 30 years. All of it is... There's a lot to study, a lot to learn, and a lot we have to implement and practice in our lives. We ask Allah to teach us what benefits us, to benefit us with what he teaches us, to increase us in knowledge. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us al thabit fi dunya in this life and in the next. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us sincere. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our actions correct. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the last words that we say in this world, La ilaha illallah. We ask Allah for al-firdaus al-a'la min al-jannah wa maqarraba ilayha min qawlin aw amal. We ask Allah to save us from the fire and whatever leads to it from speech and action. Jazakumullahu khayran wa barakallahu fikum. That is what Allah made easy for me to mention and Allah knows best. Wassalatu wassalamu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.